Bears win seven and seven. The last two games of the year are interesting, meaningful, exciting. Let's see if they can somehow, some way, sneak into the playoffs. I've got reaction on the quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky. And Matt Nagy, I like you, but you continue to say things that bother me. We'll go through it. The Windy City Podcast starts right now. Showtime. Those that wonder about his short passing game, three for three now, Trubisky, and throwing again, but the pressure is on. He dumps it off, and into the end zone is Darnell Mooney, and that's the Chicago Bear touchdown. David Montgomery straight ahead, and that's a Bears touchdown. Trubisky gives to Montgomery, plowing his way inside the 50, and a first down from the 14 of Minnesota. Trying to get more, it's Montgomery, who has a hole. Montgomery to the end zone! What a run for the Bears! And a touchdown! Vikings need a Hail Mary from Cousins in the end zone, tipped in the air, and... Intercepted. Intercepted! Sharon McManus and the Bears have sealed it. right baby bears win bears win 33 27 you know the score by now mark carmen with you on the windy city podcast thank you for putting it on whenever you do and i'm glad uh, to be talking to you today all right let's start here the bears are alive at five and seven i was like eh, season's not over i believe in math If they win their final four games, they got a chance to make the playoffs. I know that's not ideal, being the last team that gets into the playoffs, but they were still alive. And now, here we are. What's changed is the optimism. Forget about what everybody is saying. I'm just talking about myself. Mitchell Trubisky has flipped me. I didn't like the draft pick at the time. It didn't make sense to me. Why would you take the guy who started one year at North Carolina over the guy that went 28-2 and and beat Alabama in the national championship game? Are you a complete moron? And the answer, of course, was yes. Ryan Pace was a complete moron and will forever, never live that down. But you have to live in the present. And the present is Mitchell Trubisky is by far the best quarterback they have on the roster, and he very well may be next year. So it gets tricky now. What's the contract going to be? How many years does Trubisky want to come back? I'm not sure. I don't know if the Bears are sure. But 
he certainly sounds like he's a happy Mitchell Trubisky, at least a little bit. I thought I went out there, I played efficient today. I thought our offense was efficient today. I thought we did a good job of mixing in the run with the pass, and I thought we were balanced. I thought the O-line did a great job of protecting um, and establishing the run game. I thought our backs ran really hard. David and CP um, ran their tails off. So it was really fun to see. It was fun to watch and, and be a part of. And be a part of. I like being on this team. It's been a dream of mine to be a quarterback in the NFL. Let me speak for Mitchell Trubisky a little bit more. It has sucked that it went so sideways for me after my second year here. When we went 12-4, and four, made the playoffs, I got us in position to win the football game, and Cody Parkey missed an effing field goal on a double doink, and then the next year sucked, and then this year after three games I got benched, and then I thought about everywhere else in the world I wanted to be other than Chicago, but I'm still here and I'm damn happy that we're winning football games, and I'm damn happy that I'm changing the opinion of people. And by the way, yeah, the team is actually in a really good place right now. We're excited. We're excited. I mean, this is what you play for. You play for an opportunity to get into the playoffs, and we had a bad streak going there, but um, we knew if we stuck together and battled as a family and just kept leaning on each other um, that we can make a run, and we put ourselves in a position to do so. But at the end of the day, it just comes being it comes down to being focused one, one day and one game at a time. And uh, we got to enjoy this today, but then also go back to work next week. And but the guys in the locker room are excited. We're just there's there's really good camaraderie right now, um, just an intensity and focus that I that I like to see. And we're in a good spot. And we just got to keep that going. When he gets into that fast talk, it's when I start to question him and wonder if he is even thinking anything that's actually coming out of his mouth. But that fast-talking Mitchell Trubisky right there, that just sounds like an excited dude. That sounds like someone who is dreaming making the playoffs and doing something in the playoffs, which, by the way, let me remind you, the NFC is wide open. Wide open. Who scares you? New Orleans? Who the Bears could see in the opening round? Drew Brees can't throw the football. He is straight old. Tom Brady and the Bucks going the other way. The Rams lost to the Jets. Green Bay, that will be a huge challenge. Not going to sit here and tell you I think the Bears can beat the Packers. But it's not primetime Green Bay. Really good Green Bay. Kicked the Bears' ass a couple of weeks ago. But... I'll worry about the Packers when we have to worry about the Packers. I think the rest of the NFC is gettable. If this team gets in, they will have a chance without doubt in the opening round, which is, I am getting ahead of myself here, but that's what I'm thinking about. And by the way, this was an interesting comment from Mitchell Trubisky about how much more confidence the team has now than it did at the start of the season. I don't want to quite say night and day, but our confidence is way up from earlier in the season where it just seemed like we were a little unsure about what we wanted to do, who we wanted to be. We have more of an identity now. It starts with running, running the football and, and then the play action and movement game that comes off that and just being efficient on first and second down and being a balanced offense. So I feel like we have more of an identity now. Guys are buying into it. Um, there's more passion and excitement at practice over the last few weeks. We feel like we keep getting better every single week. And when you keep getting better, you just – and guys get more experience – um, playing together, uh, 11 is one. I think that's when guys just really gain confidence and then you're just able to go out there and play free, play, play loose, and play the way that we know we're capable of playing. Did you hear all that? Way more confidence. 
practice, the energy's better, better balance, the offense is looking better. By the way, David Montgomery, the Bears running back, was absolutely positively dominant. He made an interesting comment after the ball game as well about this newfound Bears confidence and what he's seeing, particularly up front with the offensive line, that is very much playing into why the Bears are having success right now. Yeah, just seeing it from week one to now is definitely like um, a full 360 seeing how those guys, um, because we were running a new scheme. So uh, now everybody's getting it down. It's, it's going well. So we obviously, we're starting to trust into each other. We're having fun doing it. So um, they've been working their tails off. You know, kudos and hats out to those guys. Like I said, Sam being the leader, Alex being who he is, Charles being who he is, Cody being who he is, and Fetty, they all just come together. Their personalities just make that line so much more better. So I appreciate those guys for everything that they do and how they come to work. So Trubisky says night and day. Montgomery says a full 360. Figuring out the offensive line had been such a mystery for the Bears. You fired Harry Heastand. You brought in Juan Castillo. You had bozos out there like Rashad Cowherd who had no idea what he was doing. You had injuries to James Daniels. You had Cody Whitehair, who Ed Obradovich has told me year after year after year, he's not a center, he's a guard. You had him playing center. He can do it. Not ideal for him. And somehow, someway, they figured it out. Get Cowherd off the field. Get Alex Bars in there at right guard. Put Sam Mustafer. The great Sam Mustafer from Notre Dame, undrafted, who Harry Heastan, by the way, loved. Put him at center, slide white hair over to guard, and now all of a sudden the quarterback's protected, there's holes for the running back, and the biggest thing, well, maybe not the biggest thing, but I think equally important, if you will, Matt Nagy's not calling plays anymore. Bill Lazor's doing it. Nagy can sit there and do what he does best, which is cheerlead. Be a cheerleader. And that's where we're going to take a little left turn on the podcast today. Because I like Matt Nagy. And I'm not even necessarily opposed to Nagy coming back and coaching the team next year. Ryan Pace, in my mind, is the number one guy that's got to go. When you continually mess up the quarterback position, the most important position in all of sports, you don't get another bite at the apple. You just don't. And the Bears need to draft a quarterback. And so I cannot allow Ryan Pace to do that. Now, whoever comes in, if he's good with Matt Nagy for next year, I'm good with it too. But let him make that decision. But Ryan Pace, and maybe all their jobs are going to be saved if the Bears make the playoffs. I don't think the Bears really want to clean house. But my point getting back to Nagy is that I, I like the guy. I think he's a good person. But he had some really, really, really weird comments when you actually listen to him. So I'm going to bring these to you. All right, first of all, let's just go as simple as the coin toss. The Bears won the coin toss. So you can either get the football or you can defer to the second half. The Bears always defer. This week, they accepted. Brad Biggs asked him from the Tribune, why did you do that? And listen to Nagy's response. It was probably the, the middle of the week. Uh, and you just kind of think through different situations. And, we, you know, we talk about it. And uh, I just 
I just know that right now, um, it, it's it just it just seemed like the right thing to do. Now I look back at it, and we went we went three and out. So uh, maybe it wasn't the right decision, but it was just something for us uh, to change it up a little bit. And uh, you know, it's just what we ended up doing. So he doesn't tell you anything. Hey, Matt, why'd you try to do something different with the coin toss to take the football? Well, we had a discussion in the middle of the week, and we just decided that that's where we're at right now, and that's what we're going to do. And maybe we shouldn't have done it because we went three and out, but that's what we did. First of all, that's my biggest problem with what he just said. What they did with it has nothing to do. You can't make decisions and then reevaluate them by what the result was. You look at the process for where you came to the decision and what was behind it, and that's how you decide if you're going to do it again. If it didn't work out, nothing in life is perfect. You play the percentages, or maybe you have a new philosophy. You know what? We trust our offense first. We want to hit them in the mouth. Our offense is better than our defense right now. We like Mitchell getting the football right at the start, so every time we win the coin toss, we're going to take the football. That's what we're doing now. There's no secret in that. We want our offense on the field first. That seems to be what they got to. And just because they went three and out doesn't mean you don't do it next time. But he doesn't give you an answer. He just farts around with it. And then he's sitting there. Now he's questioning himself because of the result. I don't like it. Lacks conviction. All right. More naggy that bothered me. Listen to how he explains the changes on the offensive line. When somebody goes down with an injury um, and sometimes you're forced into, into certain decisions and you see is a guy ready or not ready, uh, that happened with us with, with both Sam and Alex. I mean, Alex played center for us, and now here he is playing right guard, and Sam played center and then got, got hurt and then came back a few weeks later, and Fetty switches over to tackle, and you know Cody's moving over to left guard. And we had a feeling coming out of the bye that – health-wise and then position-wise, putting these guys in these spots was going to be what's best for this offense, not just in the run game, but in the pass game as well. So it's borderline blind luck. If Daniels hadn't gotten hurt, if Coward wasn't dinged up, they were going to stick with what they were doing. But since they had to readjust, they finally... It wasn't their evaluation at practice. Hey, that guy looks like our best setter, Sam Mustafer. Hey, it looks like Whitehair could be perfect as a left guard. Alex Bars looks like the best player there at right guard. No, they had these guys on the bench. They could not evaluate what they had. That is the job of coaching. You need to be able to evaluate your players. And then there's delusional Nagy. Here he is explaining Cole Komet and how they just knew about Cole Komet, and that's why he wasn't being used extensively early in the season. Another doozy. When we drafted Cole Komet, we we knew when we drafted him what type of player that's, this kid is going to be in his career. He's going to be really, really good at the tight end position. But sometimes what's hard for people to understand is it's it's like Nintendo, and you think you can just put these kids in for the first – game they ever play or the first three games they ever play and that they're going to have these these numbers or these they can play every snap and it's hard to do that and so over the course of uh uh of the of the year um you get more and more trust 
uh, as coaches with a guy like Cole and Cole gets more and more trust with himself. Now that's just one example. Um, but also for us is, is just, um, you know, some of the stuff we went through with the offensive line, with the injuries, I think played a factor. Obviously we made the quarterback switch and, um, and so there were some things there. And I think right now, the, the thing that we're trying to look at is we try not to look back at what, what happened, but just kind of where we're at right now. And we want to just keep building off of where we feel we're at. And we do feel like it's a, it's a good place with the identity of the offense with Mitchell playing the way he's playing um, with the scheme, with the consistency of O-line and with the growth of all these younger players, even a guy like Mooney, we weren't sure in week one against Detroit where the light's going to be too big for Mooney coming from where he came from. He's obviously shown that they're not. So this is where I lost it. Listening to Nagy. The arrogance is unbelievable. We knew that Cole Komet was going to come in and be this amazing tight end. You don't know shit. No one does. The draft is a crapshoot. This isn't Shaquille O'Neal, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Peyton Manning, Joe Montana, by the way, a third-round pick. You're picking a tight end out of Notre Dame. We knew that Cole Komet. You knew it just like you knew that Mitchell Trubisky was going to be this great quarterback. You didn't know it, you jerk. We were hoping that Cole Komet would be great. That's why we picked him. We did not want to rush him onto the field. We might have gone a little bit slow at the start of the season getting him out there, but there was a lot going on. I was figuring out the quarterback change and all that stuff. Some level of honesty and actual real reflection. You did not know that he was going to be great. You hoped he would be great. That's why you drafted him. You didn't know. And then he goes and like he talks about Darnell Mooney. As if, like, well, we weren't sure because if the lights would be too big for Darnell because he was a fifth-round draft pick out of Tulane. Right. You didn't know that. You didn't know the same thing with Komet. So he does this these salesy pitches, and that's where we're at, and this is – dude, you are transparent you're not some guy who's trying to, it's like a used car salesman. You didn't know about Komet. You didn't know about Trubisky. You didn't know, how many How many draft picks should I name that you think that you knew about that you didn't know about? You didn't know about Leonard Floyd. Then you had him here, by the way, and now, of course, he's dominating with the Rams, so you got that one wrong, too. I mean, it's a really long list of guys that you think you knew about but you didn't know about. What would you think about Adam Shaheen? That was a second-round tight end. Did you know that he sucked when you drafted him? No, you didn't because it's the draft and because there is no for-sure things and you're making an educated guess. So stop with the BS. It's annoying. By the way, how'd your quarterback play? I thought Mitchell did a great job of uh, commanding the offense and making smart decisions. Uh, David ran his tail off. The offensive line blocked. The tight ends, the wide receivers made big catches and a credit to our coaching staff. So I, I love the way that that went. Got to get a credit to the coaching staff in there. That was just him and his opening salvo. That's fine. Mitchell Trubisky, you played well. Now, there was another moment in time where 
the Vikings are getting ready to throw a Hail Mary, and Nagy's out running around talking to players and coaches, and he was asked, which was fine, but he was asked like what he was doing, and this response pricked me a little bit. Well, it's important in those times um, to let these defensive coaches know what you're thinking from an offensive perspective, you know? So for me to be able to tell them, hey, listen, we ha- they have this much time left. Here's what they could do. Here's what they're going to be looking to do. And then I don't tell him what to do, but I, I just tell him from the offensive perspective what he's thinking or what they should be thinking. And, uh, and then they go ahead and make the calls. And so uh, I thought that he made the right call. And then our guys have to execute it. We practice that every, every week. We practice that situation, several of them. So it was good to see it finally come to fruition. First of all, they executed the play wrong. Let's start there. Eddie Jackson tipped the ball up into the air. You are coached to bat it down so nobody else can catch it. Fortunately for the Bears, Sherrick McManus, go Cats, was there to catch it. So it wasn't executed properly. So it's A's wrong there. And then B, here he is. I'm going to tell him what the offense is thinking because I'm offensive guru guy. You think that Chuck Pagano and the defensive coaches don't know what the offense is thinking? Then why would they be your defensive coaches? You're not the guy with all the damn answers on the sidelines and just trying to, I mean, good Lord. It's unbelievable. And by the way, this is a first-time head coach feeling his way around the NFL, and it's very obvious that the lights, speaking of lights being too bright, Darnell Mooney, at times the lights are just too bright for Matt Nagy. He wants to be guru offensive guy. Best thing that's happened to the Bears offense this year is that he gave up play calling, and they found, figured out the offensive line. His genius was to get Nick Foles in there in week three and bench Mitchell Trubisky, which I was on board with at the time, so I don't want to be a hypocrite, but it was wrong. Play Foles, but you should have gone back to Trubisky. They got that wrong. It impacted their season negatively. Nagy's impact on the team this year, you can't make an argument that it's been positive. You just can't. Now, again, I'm not super against him coming back, but when you listen to me, really listen to him, it becomes problematic. And he just, even going back early in the year, and he's talking about when they're five and one and they're getting on the plane, and we love plane rides, and some guys read, and some guys do this, and it's like, oh my God, is this a high school coach? Is this a? Is this a? Should you be in college? Should you just be a special teams coordinator? That's really where I think he should be. But I'm willing to fly with him because I like Matt Nagy, despite breaking him down. I'm trying to get him to be better here. I know coach is listening to this. Let me play one more. So we'll end up on a slightly positive note here. All right, here it is. Here's a good one. This was a nice stamping of a running back who's not just a running back. Matt Nagy really saluting David Montgomery, who is coming into his own. I mean, there's a lot of them, but the one that's really starting to to jump up to that forefront on offense right now in his second year is David Montgomery. And it's neat for, for me to be able to, have discussions with him and just see his growth as a leader. He's naturally an introverted person. That's just who who he is. He also has a funny side to him, but what's happening now is um, he's, he's, you know, with the way he's playing uh, 
his, his leadership skills are coming out through his actions and guys are seeing that. And it's a, it's a pretty cool um, uh, growth for him. He was asked about who does he go to leadership wise. And he started naming everybody on the team, but then he got to Montgomery at the back end. He's naming Eddie Jackson. He's naming Mac. He's, he's naming a whole host of guys, but then he got to, David Montgomery, and I really like that. By the way, Khalil Mack got named to the Pro Bowl and Roquan Smith didn't. Are you effing kidding me? Roquan's had such a better year than Khalil Mack. That is a reputation naming of Mack if if I've ever seen one. So more production, Khalil, uh, would be great here in the final two weeks. But that's cool, right? These final two weeks matter. Jacksonville, you would think they've got one win. Somehow the Jets got to win this week. So Jacksonville has incentive to lose. If I was the Jaguars, I'd have the whole team get COVID or say they had COVID. And then we'll see if the game with Green Bay means something the final week of the year. But I'm optimistic right now. I like what I'm seeing with Trubisky. I love what I'm seeing up front. Montgomery is sweet. Receiver-wise, Darnell Mooney hasn't dropped a ball all year. That was a great draft pick by Ryan Pace in the fifth round. Allen Robinson continues to shine. Komet looks like a real keeper at tight end, even though we did not know that he would be a keeper. There are a lot of good things going on. The defense, I'm not sure what happened to Eddie Jackson this year, but he needs to get back to what he was. He's never going to be a big hitter. And if you get into that Bears secondary, I mean, they do not punish anyone. The only guy that hits is Kyle Fuller. And up front, they're not getting to the quarterback. So all these things are a concern. But Danny Trevathan is getting better. Roquan's still around. There is a lot of talent there. So maybe they can just do enough. And it sucks that they're in this position, by the way, that they need help. But at least the last two weeks of the season, hopefully will be two are going to be worth watching, and we'll see how they come out of it. Thank you for putting on the Windy City Podcast. I'd like to wrap up with my one-day-at-a-time theme. Uh, But before we get to that, one thing, three things, actually, off the Bears page. Number one, huge damn win by the Northwestern basketball team beating number 4 Michigan State at home Sunday night. I know you were watching. You love the Wildcats like I do. First time in 41 years they beat a top-five team. Last time they did it was the same Michigan State team, led by Magic Johnson, 1979. Cats got that done. Chris Collins has a lot more talent on his basketball team. Same night, Illinois, by the way, lost to Rutgers. Rutgers, with Ron Harper Jr., had 28. Uh, The Big Ten is just flat-out stacked this year on the hoop court. It sucks that there's no fans, Uh, but tis the life we're living. Illinois hiring Brett Bielema. I guess we'll have to wait and see how that plans you know, all pans out, but I like the hire. I like it a lot. You're Illinois. You got a guy who went to the Rose Bowl multiple times at Wisconsin, gave it a shot in the SEC. Arkansas had more success there when he was there than they're doing right now. Brett Bielema is a win. Lovey Smith out the door is a win. So things are going well for the Illini as far as I'm concerned, both on the hoop court. They have a chance to do a lot this year. And now you've got a credible football coach. Pat Fitzgerald, I'm nervous about you. More and more reports coming out that literally every team in the NFL wants to interview Pat Fitzgerald. I know he loves Northwestern, but 
it might get awful tempting, and I wonder if the Bears are going to be part of that temptation. That Big Ten championship game against the Buckeyes, that absolutely sucked. Ohio State wanted to lose that football game, deserved to lose that football game. But the Wildcats just shot themselves in the foot. Too many turnovers in the second half. They could have won that game. Hurts, flat-out hurts. Could have gotten it done. See if uh, how many of their seniors will come back with eligibility not being counted this year. All right, now I feel clear. Thank you for listening to the Windy City Podcast. If you can please give a rating and write a review, it is good for my career. I really, really appreciate it. Bears, Jaguars coming up. We'll see you next time. I just, I just know that right now, um, it, it's it just it just seemed like the right thing to do. Now I look back at it, and we went we went three and out. So. In decision making with these nakeds getting onto the edge and. This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. We emptied them out, and we. Uh, uh, Talk about a guy like Sam Mustafer, um, who's an he's just he's a leader. And you know, we, we were good, but there was some miscommunication on what was going on with the players. You know, so for me to be able to tell them, hey, listen. We ha- they have this much time left. Here's what they could do. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.